When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Preliminary final weekend. It's a time of the year where moments in games become legendary. Down to 10 seconds. Coleman. One contest can book you a spot in the big dance. A huge pack of players waiting down in front of Rice. His kick is a pull-up, straight to Wallace. The mean bad man. Can he cover himself in glory? He's lost it, and Murphy takes it away. That could be the turnover that cost them. What about the tackle by Fraser Brown? Back here at half-back. Far into the grand final. Carlton. Carlton is into the grand final. Where the leaders stand up. Bonnie out of the middle to Tucker on the burst, steps back inside, gives it to Gord. Willie from 55, he will, he can, he does! Oh, Max has got an eye toward being the first premiership captain since Barras. And when even the most unexpected can become heroes. Goes to Cox instead! Oh. He's got it again! <laughs> he thinks he's John Coleman right now, not Mason Cox! He's never bloody heard of John Coleman! This is a bloke who never played 42 years ago, ripping apart a preliminary <laughs> final in front of 100 bloody thousand. It's the weekend where the fans celebrate our great game. Oh, it's raucous at the G now. And when the stars can elevate themselves to greatness. Great. Seconds left. The kick to Wallace. Oh, what's going to be back? has got it. 50 metres from goal. If he kicks a point, the Swans are into the grand final. Australia into every car, every home, every lounge room and every shed. Welcome to the best weekend in football. Welcome to preliminary final weekend live on AFL Nation. Oh, the shivers go down your spine as we welcome you to the SCG for part two of this preliminary final weekend. Welcome to AFL Nation for Motorola Affordable 5G with Motorola G62 available now. It is our pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. Go to iconwin.com.au. Anthony Hudson with the team. Bretton Sanderson, Leon Cameron and Andy Marr. First up as we lead into the opening bounce. We didn't quite get one of those preliminary final classics. Uh, Gaz last night, 
but uh, we may get one this afternoon. The build-up in the Harbour City has been quite incredible. It feels like we've walked into one of those TV news colour stories. There are <laughs> Collingwood supporters everywhere, and there's also plenty of swans, as you would expect. A few of the swans are just having a lazy Saturday afternoon kick around at the moment, but it'll be anything but lazy in a couple of hours' time as we get ready for this preliminary final. I'll say good afternoon to the man who, alongside me, has played no AFL preliminary finals, <laughs> first of all, but he was telling us no, no, no. cruelly dropped from, no, a, no, no. from a, a local <laughs> enough, game enough about my after career. the preliminary final. Hello, Andy Mark. They're big, aren't they, the Collingwood supporters? They are. We've just all had lunch together out the back here, and they are here in their thousands, and they are an imposing, brooding, angry... Massive. There, there is something imposing about. Well, they're not angry. No, yet. not not angry yet. And hopefully, they've got a lot to be happy about later on today. But uh, there is something particularly imposing about them when they gather in their number the way they have here today. And we've got beautiful conditions. There's been a bit of shower activity around here earlier on, but it looks like that's cleared out. Pretty windy, but. Uh, the conditions are going to be fantastic for this prelim later on. Well, the AFL storyline is eight stories, one ending. Of course, now it's three stories and one ending. We know Geelong are there. It was a, uh, an underwhelming performance from Brisbane last night, but the Cats were awesome. I wonder what we're going to see. What sort of contest we're going to see this afternoon? I'm pretty sure, Leon Cameron, it'll be a lot closer than last night. Welcome to you. Great to have you as part of the team again this afternoon. Yeah, great to be here, And I think clearly last night uh, Geelong just flexed their muscles and, you know, were just absolutely awesome and credit where credit's due. I mean, they've been the best side, especially the last 14 or 15 weeks, and deserve their spot. Clearly, uh, you know, today is, is different, and it's... Um, you know, that unpredictability of Collingwood, as you mentioned, Andy, to the Swans who have mm. just got... They've ticked every box. The Swans have been equally as impressive as the Cats yeah, the last nine weeks. Yep. And they tick every box. And uh, we were talking on air earlier. It's the final exam to get into the big one. But you come up against an unpredictable Collingwood and you just don't know what's going to happen because they will always test you through the middle of the ground. And really the only time, Brenton Sanderson, that Collingwood has faltered in the back half of the year is against the Swans. We know they lost to Geelong, but they didn't lose any friends that day. So Jordan Dugowie also didn't play against the Swans. So there's there's a decent argument that Collingwood can take Sydney all the way today. Yeah, thanks, Hutto. And thanks for having me on, guys. It's, it's an absolute privilege to be up here in Sydney for a prelim. And we have been spoilt this finals series. And even this year, this has been one of the great seasons of footy. And... Um, it's, it's hard not to, as a player and a coach, um, staff, the grand final's seven days away. And but for these two teams, there's still a game to get through today. It's, uh, I, I mean, personally, I used to find when you got to this game, it's almost impossible not to look ahead to the grand final. Mm. Um, you have to make sure that you're present and you're in the moment because there's obviously a task and you've got to, um, you've got to play your role today, um, ultimately. But there's just so much genuine excitement. Um, Andy mentioned... Just the buzz around the stadium, you know, the obviously Melbourne Airport, uh, which we flew up today, was full of Collingwood fans, and they are everywhere up here in <laughs> Sydney. It's impossible to uh, to not notice all the black and white um, uh, Collingwood army around. It's 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 going to or it should be. It's set up for an absolute classic this afternoon. And we flew up with Dermot, who was making the most of the fact that he is a former Swans and Collingwood <laughs> champion. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the atmosphere and the feel leading into how, as a player and as a coach, do you deal with that? You talked about you can't help. Yep. You're thinking ahead on one hand, but this is the, you know, the, the so-called hardest game to win just to get that siren rings on the preliminary final and the loser you go, it's such a long way back. Yeah. Well, Hutto, I just saw some vision then down in the Collingwood rooms. They, they must have a camera in the meeting room and the Collingwood players were all laughing. Now, a lot of people would look at that and say, oh, they're not switched on. 
But for me, I see that as it's great work by Craig McRae because he's got him relaxed um, because it's impossible not to get nervous and, and um, excited. And you don't want that anxiety to spill over into wasted energy pre-game. Well, he's telling us about the Johnny Noble birthday routine yes. thing that they've done. And yep. somehow they lucked into that at the start of this yep. year. Johnny, happy birthday. It wasn't his birthday. Yep. But they did it and he won. they won. Yep. And now they do it every game. They've and gone they, with it. He went with. He brought the cake in before. The, Craig McRae actually brought a cake in before the Geelong qualifying final. Lit the yeah. candles and... But they didn't get a result, but he was happy with you know the performance. I reckon that's what we saw, Andy, because they just they all the there was something about Johnny Noble just right. said in the room, so yep. all the players went and gave him a hug. So it yep. would have been the Johnny Noble happy birthday. And there'll story. be a story. There will be a story somewhere about the Craig McRae rock. So just stay tuned for that at some stage. But it's I think sort of lucky rock. I think though, Andy, with that though, it's it's important the the senior coach and you know Leon can probably speak better than me because he was at a grand final. It's it's important that the coach looks calm and relaxed as well, like. Mm. Because the players feed off that energy. They, if you're nervous and you're walking around and you're anxious, they will feed off that. They'll they'll sense it. Um, so it's important for the senior coach. And obviously, we know Craig McRae's done that beautifully this year. And obviously, Chris Scott has that aura about him as well. We saw last night how, and even Dangerfield uh, said after the game that the players there was this rooms pre-game that they were just balanced and ready to, to execute, which is, which, is, which is awesome to hear. It is like with Craig McRae that he, and clearly everyone takes elements of the people that they play under and experience but that, that uh, Richmond I think under Damien Hardwick had a lot of those little things going mm. on and he's he's taken that to another level it seems so uh, it is uh, it's been interesting and a man who can give us uh, a little bit of an insight into exactly how he's done it is Graham Wright who is the uh, GM of football at Collingwood uh, Wrighty thanks for joining us and congratulations on the on the season so far how, how's the week been leading into today yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, pretty smooth um, up until the boys probably having the car accident yesterday. But, uh, <laughs> but most of our guys got through um, last week uh, well. Obviously a, a tough game, any finals game is. But we got uh, everyone through last week and pulled up well and ready to go today. How did you get the news of the car accident? And was there ever, was there ever a time when you thought, oh, no? Or? Um, yeah, no, I was just pulling up out at the, the jet base there in Melbourne um, and I got a call from, uh, uh, from our head of footy ops and... Just said the boys had been involved in an accident, and uh, I thought it was just a maybe just a, a touch of an accident. But as everyone saw, there was a it was a pretty nasty one. So once we knew that, we were just uh, hopeful that they were both okay, and, and certainly the, the person that they'd um, or Josh had run into was okay as well. So as soon as we knew everyone was okay, then it was about you know, not panicking. If the boys could make the flight, great. If not, they'll um, they'll come up afterwards. And Bo was able to get there. But obviously, being he wasn't driving. Um, and Josh uh, came up a bit later. So overall, it, uh, it worked out OK, but thankfully no one hurt. It actually reminded me of the old Alan Jean story on the footy trip when he was trying to find out. Just don't hurt the fat don't one. Don't shoot the fat one with, uh, with, with I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> We've got Leon Cameron and Brent Sanderson. Hey, righty. Leon here, mate. How are you? I'm good, Leon. Congra- congratulations thus far on the year, mate. Just We were just discussing beforehand... Um, I mean, in your time, right, you played in the flag in 90. You had Lee Matthews as your, as your coach. And things were a lot more serious back then, you know, the build-up to a game, your, your prelim or a grand final. Compared to now, you look into the rooms, the Collingwood rooms, and Craig McRae's just got this fun environment and this unbelievable sort of relaxed environment, knowing that in about an hour and a half time, you're fighting for a spot in the grand final. You lived in the 90s. Now you can see firsthand what it's like in the year 2022. What's your comparison of it? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, obviously, yeah, I played under Lee and Fly did as well, so we, we comment quite regularly. I'm not quite sure how Lee would go with it. Um, uh, for them, and yeah, Fly's been great uh, in relation to doing that and just having a little bit of fun. And you know, we all understand that it's a serious game, and there, there's a you know, massive process that goes into um, preparing and making sure everyone's ready, and we're all on the same page, and there's alignment, and all those things are massively important. But then, you know, we want to make sure the guys are relaxed enough to. Uh, enjoy the moment and then um, hopefully go out and perform and he's been great at that this year and you know obviously the, the proof's in the pudding a little bit in the way the team's gone but um, overall we've we've felt that it's been a um, yeah a, a really good work environment to be in not just for players but for staff as well and we know winning really helps that and uh, there's no denying that but overall uh, it's, it's been a good place to be. Righty, good luck today. Um, have the Swans got any weaknesses and if so how are you going to exploit them? Uh, yes, yeah, no, I'm not a coach, as you know. Um, <laughs> so I, I sit in most of the meetings, obviously, but yeah. they, not really. They haven't got uh, a, a lot of weaknesses. They've they've been excellent all year, and, and certainly since the middle of the year, I think they've been the, the number one pressure team in the AFL, and, and I think we've been number two. So yeah. two really high-quality pressure teams. Um, so whichever one can, I, I suppose, exert the most pressure, uh, hopefully... Uh, can come out on top and, and we hope that's us but you know we played them here a few weeks ago and they um, they gave us a bit of a lesson that day so we, we're under no illusions as to how hard it's going to be playing here in, in a, um, uh, a hostile environment even though we'll have a, a lot of Collingwood supporters by the look of it just having a look around now and um, and having a look at the, the amount of people that we're, we're trying to get up here so hopefully uh, we can have some good support and, and, uh, and make it a good day. It was probably easy for us Roddy just to refer back to that round 22 game when like, not a lot went right. You lost to Goey pre-game. You lost Ginnivan in the game. Um, but just I probably felt that night, just around contest, clearances, contested possession, tackles, that's where the Swans sort of got on top. So, you know, it's only, it's only three or four weeks ago, but did you take much out of that, that, that performance? Yeah, we did. I, we'd, I think we'd won 11 or 12 straight up until then, and we didn't play well that day, and the Swans didn't allow us to. So, we're, as yeah. I said, under no illusions in, the, in the relation to their quality and... Um, we didn't have a great day. They had a good day. Um, so you, you take out of it what you can. Um, yeah. But in essence, you've got to move on really quickly as well. And, and the, the following week, I think we we're playing Carlton to, to play, hopefully to get a top four spot. So you move on quickly, take out of it what you can, understand that we you know, obviously didn't know that we were going to be back here and playing them again. Um, but we've, uh, we've been looking forward to it as of um, burning Fremantle last week, looking forward to the challenge. Graham, it's Andy, Mark. Good luck today. Um, appreciate your time. You, you did with Sando just mentioned Jack Ginnivan. From your vantage point, how has he coped with the way that he's been umpired this year and the commentary externally um, around him? How have you seen him process all of that and deal with it? Uh, yeah, it's a, as I said, another good question. But um, listen, he's handled it well for a 19 year old uh, to the amount of attention he's got and um, some of that, Jack brings on himself a little bit as well he's a he's yep. a yep. he frequents tiktok and all the things that i don't um so he's, he's certainly You're huge on tiktok <laughs> he's certainly out and about but uh listen we, we've um and you know fly's been really big on this just encourage encouraging players to be who they are and not try and conform to what everyone else would like them to be and um he he's obviously that he's a unique individual but he's a talented individual who's who's been really important for us this year in relation to umpiring i I think there's swings and roundabouts and sometimes you're going to get it good and other yep. times not so great. And, you know, he's um, uh, he may have been um, 
on the receiving end of some good ones early and, and on the way through he, he probably hasn't got some that maybe he thought he should but overall listen, we've been really happy with his uh, performance and the way he's handled himself and we've got a lot of great people at the club who you know a lot of good support around him and um, you know we're uh, we're excited uh, one for what he could do and, and as I said and what the team could do today. Righty have you um, I mean bringing in players and you know we know the role that you play at the footy club and the history that you had at Hawthorne and and now, you know, what you're doing at Collingwood. Are you surprised at what young Aidan Johnson has done and where you've brought him from and where he sits now in the last seven or eight weeks? Ash? Um, yeah, yeah, Ash. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's... Yeah, uh, he's... Uh, Leon, he's been fantastic. Um, he, he was a little bit down last week, but up until then he'd been really good for us in seven or eight games. And, you know, they come from a... Um, uh, as you know, such a, a background of playing um, amateur footy to country footy to um, SNFL footy, uh, coming from Halls Creek, uh, mature age recruit through the mid-season draft last year. Yeah, if you had told me this time last year that he would have um, played uh, this many games and, and had a, an influence in, in a number of games, I, I would have been very surprised. He, his endurance wasn't great, and he needed to do a, a lot of work over the summer. And um, you know, he, as I said, I know that Fly and uh, Leper, in particular, and Bolts were thoughts is he's a long way off playing AFL footy when they got to the club. But yeah, he's he's really uh, excited us with his his work ethic, and and he has very, as everyone can see, he's got natural talent and able to mark the ball at its highest point. He's got huge hands, kicks the ball well. Um, there's a lot of excitement, I think, for him in the future as well. Yeah. Just one last one, uh, Graham. Uh, Jack Crisp, 200 games. Astonishing that he has played every game since he got to your footy club, and sort of underrated. But sort, I mean, I, I don't think he really is by people that watch the game. But sort of unassuming, yet can do some amazing things like the run he went on last week. It's it's been such a wonderful pickup for you. Yeah, obviously before my time and, and yep. part of the the Beams trade a, a number of years ago, and yeah. The consecutive games has been unbelievable. We actually said he, you know, he's um, he's been playing on through COVID. He just uh, keep going. He's been amazing at, at being able to get up every week and, uh, and and perform every week. Really, I mean, our running best and fairest winner from last year, and he won that clearly. And I'm sure he'll be you know, up there and in the running this year. But yeah, his consistency, the sort of person he is around the club. He's a family man. He's um, you know, his wife and, and two kids come up with us yesterday. And, um, you know, and all these families up here. There's a lot of crisps. I think you'll find in the uh, stands today. But right. yeah, been um, been a, a fantastic player for the club, and um, yeah, we're really excited for his 200th today. And hopefully, um, you know, he can get 201 next week. It'd be nice. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us, Graham. Uh, really appreciate it. Good luck. Good luck, Morris. No Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Great, Graham Wright joining us there downstairs as we lead into this afternoon's uh, big game between the Pies and the Swans. We'll take a break. We'll get back here on AFL Nation. All thanks to Motorola. Find your edge with Motorola at motorola.com.au. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. Motorola.com.au is where to head as we welcome you back to the SCG. As a fairly casual style warm-ups going on. The pies look a little more organised and the Swans who are just sort of wandering around down having a few lazy snaps for goal, each doing their own in the lead-up to this big 
Preliminary final. It's our pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. $25,000 advertising giveaway. Iconwin.com.au. And by the way, Tiles, Beaumont Tiles have what you need this September. You know Beaumont's are here to help with their huge savings. And they have helped Shane Thompson, who shops at Beaumont Tiles in Mount Barker, to keep his business going. And they can help you too. So if you're looking for huge saving on tiles, hybrid flooring, taps, vanities, even the loo, look no further than Beaumont's with so much on sale. You'll save a fortune in tiles, hybrid floors and bathroom wear. Value, quality and style with so much on sale. You'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. All right, uh, so just a quick word on last night. We've got to keep things moving. We're going to touch base with the Swans um, and we can dig a little deeper uh, on uh, what it means for, for Brisbane. But what about Geelong's performance, Santa? You've spent a lot of time down at uh, Cadenia Park and I, I know it, it, all that matters in the end is what happen next, what happens next week. But the 12 months from where Geelong were post that preliminary final last year, the smashing from Albert, albeit we... Found yep. out later there was significant illness, which probably accentuated yep. the loss. Nobody saw what was coming. And I, I think in their heart of hearts, I don't think they saw what was coming. And, and probably not even in, at the midway point of this year, well, maybe until then, did it really start to think that they could get to some sort of position like where they are now. Well, they were they were ruthless last night. You couldn't be more impressed than what we saw. And uh, uh, it's the same for every team. But with Geelong, there seems to be always that anxiety around, like, this is the year we have to really um, pull the trigger and and win and they've done that now they've got to a grand final but you know offensively last night they were excellent they looked poised they looked like the game was in control they controlled the tempo for most of it um, they were clean and effective their offense kicked 120 points last night but probably more impressively was their defensive shape like the way that they just set the ground up defensively um, getting Tom Stewart back as that seventh defender um, I love Dangerfield's game. Like, yep. It f- sort of feels like he needed that game. It was a big statement. In the, go ever. back and kick that goal and then add another. And he was yeah. the dominant player when, it, when the game was up for grabs, really, mm. wasn't he? Well, especially after, you know, with Berry's second half last week against Oliver. Yep. And it was mouthwatering to think that Berry's going to go straight to Dangerfield. He's the, he's the match winner. And Dangerfield had a fantastic first quarter. He, um, he Obviously, the Cats settled into the game really well. Then they tried... Um, uh, they tried Devin Robertson late. That didn't work. But uh, Dangerfield just put his foot down. It was a real statement. I thought the, the senior boys played really well. But um, I was really impressed with some of those young players too. You know, Myers and Close. Uh, Colin Jasney played really well. So It felt like all the players that struggled a bit against Collingwood with the pressure yep. all had, were better for the run. And, and they'd had a pretty soft lead into the finals. Yep. And, and, to be, and Collingwood were anything but soft. They were the complete opposite last night. They certainly didn't get the opposition that you, you would have hoped for in a preliminary final. No, and I think uh, I think cre- credit's got to go to Chris Scott and his team. Mm. Um, and you, you touched on it, Sando. It's, it's like every year it's now or never for them. Yeah. <laughs> they just seem to be here. <laughs> they just seem to be in fantastic shape. And we mentioned Dangerfield. Whether it's through luck because he had his injury or whether it's just through great management, you actually, when you're sitting in the coach's box or sitting during the week and going, can we rest Duncan, Dangerfield, Selwood and stick to plan regardless of who we're playing and continue on that for the last 10 or 12 weeks? Well, I now, even go back to round four when Geelong played Brisbane. Or was it three? Round three or four, like the first time. Yeah. Joel Selwood was rested from that game. And, yeah. and they didn't have every... They, they lost Tom Stewart late. And they didn't budge and Joel wanted to play. That's what surprised me that you said it wasn't until about midway through the year that they thought they could be contending the oh, way they are. So it felt like this was a plan that was no, laid no, at the start well, of the season. I think they thought they could contend, but yeah. not to the degree where they'd be mm. the best team. I don't think they thought they were the best team. Right. And I don't think 
I don't think like I mean everyone thought Melbourne was really weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And then I, uh, I think what's happened yeah. though, Hutto. I mean, last year we've got to take into context. There is no doubt if that was a a, a, a better Geelong team that wasn't didn't have the flu that run through that. That would have been a different game. Yeah. Would they have got Melbourne? Probably not. And therefore, but, the perception might have been different. But, but. For them to go through, okay, well, we need to, whether we think we're the best team or not, it's irrelevant. They're going, we're going to rest round four. Yep. We're going to do this, we're mm. going to do that, mm. we're going to do that. And as they're going along, they've probably realised, well, hang on, we are probably one of the best teams yep. here. And so for Chris Scott and his team to make decisions like that on the run, they would have had a, a, a loose plan, but then they would have stuck to some things. Because I then, reckon they were in the mm. past, remember with Gary Ablett, mm. they were going yeah. to rest yeah. him and then he was going all right, so they didn't. But this yeah. time they, they did stick. We need to clear a break because we're going to speak to Dean Cox and get the inside word on the Swans. We're happy to return and talk more about the Cats if you, if you <laughs> want to. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take that break and come back shortly and talk about some of the more unmissable moments as well from last night for Drinkwise. Of course, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from Motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from Motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. Welcome back to the SCG and our pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles, $25,000 advertising giveaway, I can win. .com.au is where you're headed. As you heard, we're on air with thanks to Motorola. Find your edge with Motorola at motorola.com.au. We can go straight downstairs to uh, the key assistant coach, the man who is happy when Sydney is happy because John's happy. But uh, on that rare occasion, which hasn't happened too often this year, when uh, when the horse is not happy, the man that cops it is Dean Cox. Uh, Coxie, welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. It was a big build-up, and then we just <laughs> didn't, didn't hear much at all. Uh, you there? You got me? Ha- you yeah, got gotcha, me? mate. Gotcha, mate. Gotcha, gotcha loud. Yep, got you. How's, how's the week been, and obviously the two weeks been, I guess, since, uh, since the first final victory? Yeah, been really good. I, I suppose part of it's been just been about our training program, making sure we can get the players ready for today. And you know, we had a really good hit out on Saturday. It's a bit of match simulation. Uh, trained really well on Thursday in our main session, and um, the boys are ready to go, which is an exciting time. Before Leon and Sando ask you a few questions, when you play a team as recently as you have against Collingwood, does yep. that make does make the tape and the and the lessons from that day more significant than if you'd met them say two or three months ago? Oh, probably. I think one thing we always do is look at the last time we played them and, um, you know, round 22 was so close. Uh, we had a really good look at, obviously, what they did against Geelong and Fremantle on, in their first two finals. So there are some, probably some changes that they made from round 22 and, obviously, Jordan McGoey didn't play, so that's another um, another interesting uh, matchup we've got to worry about. So, um, yeah, we'll go in knowing what we can do and try and play our way, but respect their strengths as well. Coxie Leon here. How are you, mate? Good yourself? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. So with Degoe not playing last time, I mean, clearly he's, um, you know, in probably one of the players of the final series thus far. You guys sit around match yep. committee with John and, and Pikey and yourself and, and Jared, and you go, okay, well, where do we go with this? Do we go, do we start um, with a, more of a clamping style on Degoe, or do we, nah, let's play our way. Uh, if he starts to get out of hand a little bit, then we might look at Mills or maybe look at Parker or something like that. How do you start? 
Yeah, I think one thing you have to try and do all the time is look at what the opposition strengths are and try and take them away. So, obviously, Jordan's been in unbelievable form um, the first two finals. And, um, you know, I suppose last time we played him, Josh Dacos came through the middle when he was a laid out. So we expect him. He's played majority of the time through the middle of the ground. So, yeah, we'll have a plan um, because you can't let a player get up and going. And, you know, um, Jordan's been in unbelievable form, but... We'll sort of, you'll soon find out what we're going to do with that, but at the minute it's just about trying to make sure that their midfield's certainly covered for because we need to get some ascendancy there and get some ball in our front half. Coxie, good luck today. How do you prepare for a side, you're the midfield coach, how do you prepare for a side that is not good at stoppage? They're ranked 18th, Collingwood. Yeah, I think part of that as well, if we look, that's over the whole year, I think throughout the finals they haven't lost a stoppage game. Um, you know, so that's one thing that you want to try and certainly look at is they're a different side when Jordan goes in there. Obviously, at centre bounce, he's been really dynamic through that period. I think he's sort of 11 first possessions in the last two weeks. So, you know, the connection piece between that's really important. Um, but also to make sure that, you know, first of all, we're on the hunt. You know, we're to really set the ascendancy through the middle of the ground. And, you know, we've got some players that really pride themselves in that. So we need to try and get some ascendancy early. If we can't, we need to stay composed and, and work out what's happening and um, try and turn it around. And one thing you, you see Collingwood are really good at is if you, almost you can't give them the ball back across your high half forward line, especially through the corridor. The ball's yep. just gone with Nick Dacos uh, and those mids that get back. So what's... What's important today for the Swans' ball use, particularly through that front half? Yeah, I think the way that you know Collingwood want to play, they want to play a really high turnover game. They want to play a chaotic game of footy, and you know for us, it's trying to make sure that first of all we can control that. We've, you know, our method centre forward's really important because they do. They're off to the races really early if they can win the ball back. We need to make sure that we can equalise the forward line as much as we possibly can. And at times there might be a bit of patience. At times it might be just let's get it in there, get it to ground and let our, um, let our small forwards go after them. So uh, we want to have multiple avenues towards our goal, uh, but we certainly are aware if they get a lot of their um, you know, real attacking part off their high half backs. And um, you know, we were able to um, try and curtail it a little bit last time and we need to make sure we're on that game tonight. Dean, it's Andy Mark. Good luck today. Um, did you guys as a group know that Chad Warner could get to the level he's got to as quickly as he has? Oh, I think we've certainly always had a bit of faith in Chad. Uh, you know, I suppose he's really burst on the scene really quickly this season. You know, I think when he first got here, he, he was injured for periods. He was in the, you know, the COVID protocols where we were travelling away and we'd have 12 v 12 games. He showed a little bit then and you know, I suppose last year he played with um, a little bit of a break in the bottom part of his leg for a period of time. And um, But the pre-season he had and certainly the way he's um, played this season has been really impressive. And, you know, he's an important part. He's, you know, a really good centre-forward player, whether he's obviously running and carrying and high metres game, but he's also, you know, really aggressive at the footy as well. So he's got that good balance and hopefully he can um, improve from his first final. In your heart of hearts at the start of the year, did you think you'd be where you are now? Oh, I think we certainly had a lot of confidence in the playing group. Uh, you know, I suppose last year we lost the first final, um, obviously to Leon's uh, Leon's team. But you know, we took a lot out of that. We, um, you know, we had 20 more inside 50s. We had a lot of the, I suppose, stats in our favour. And you know, that was really disappointing to to go down, um, obviously in Tasmania. So we worked on a number of things. Um, you know, we've got our players in in good shape and um, ready for this afternoon. And is there a, a is, is sparkle in the eye of, of the Budster yes, today. Yes. Yeah, we don't know what his future holds, but the sun's <laughs> shining and 
he could put yeah, on a bit of a show, couldn't he, today? Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, and that's the thing with Lance. After after the first final, he was the first one to admit that, that May got the better of him. And, you know, he's a really proud footballer. So, you know, we expect Lance to play his role, whether that's, you know, obviously we'd love him to kick some goals, but also just to provide an option, be strong in the contest, get the ball to ground, chase, put pressure on like he's done throughout the season and, and really set the scene for a young forward line group. Good luck. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Good luck, mate. Dean Cox, uh, one of the great ruckmen of all time and has uh, been a very loyal assistant. Copped a bit of a battering over the years from uh, from the horse. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I'm going to ask that question, uh, and it's a good answer, and they played finals footy last year. Sounds like he's still a bit dirty on the fact that you beat them. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Was, was he having a shot there? I think he was. <laughs> he's saying oh, that they deserve to win that game. Uh, look, Al, I've, I've, yeah. I'm actually wearing the red next year. So well, that's true. We're supposed to come together, aren't we? Well, yeah. someone doesn't hold it against you. <laughs> no, you know? God, it's not a good start, is it? <laughs> and, and, and this year they kind of started pretty well, and you could see. I mean, the thing I love is how they've bought the older and the young, you know, the core that are in the... Of, you know, Mills and Heaney, I suppose, that are in the absolute peak of their powers. But the rest, it's like the young and the old, and they've been able to just meld it all together. And, and there was a period in the middle of the year where it looked like, oh, it's it's not quite going to happen. And they are getting smashed in the contest and that. But yeah. they're, they're back half of the year. Is, well, it's been faultless. Yeah, I think Sando brought up a really... I mean, the question you asked him, ball and stoppage, it wasn't the Swans of old. They were a kicking team, a pressure team. They've always been a good pressure team, full-ground defensive team. And now they sit up there ranked number one or two. Yep. They've actually worked on that part of the game. Every part, statistic-wise, for the Swans looks like a win. Yeah. And they've got everything intact. And and it's because of they've added Warner. Oh, well, Warner's been there, but yep. he's, he's come out of his shell. Dylan Stevens on the wing. McInerney's gone to another level on the wing. All of a sudden, Blakey's found his niche at halfback. But you could you could say that at Geelong and Sydney, probably the most, that these two sides have added some youth to their experience. And whether it's taken half the year to actually settle, yeah. it probably has been the case. But now they're away, and they are in rhythm. Well, I think that's one of the hardest things, Leon, for a coaching group to be able to make adjustments in season. Yeah. Because you, you spend a whole summer setting up your game plan to start round one. And that's what's impressed me the most about the Swans this year is they've made adjustments to their game style during a season. It's really hard to change habits of players, and uh, we have seen that successfully with the Swans. I mean, they, they almost got beaten by North Melbourne up here earlier in mm. the season. A game they got smashed in contested ball and, and, and tackles. But today they play off in a prelim final, and, you know, warm, warm favourites. Collingwood is certainly going to push them, but... Um, it's it's a credit to John Longmire and his coaching group, but also to the players who've been able to adapt to some to some changes in season, which has been really impressive. The thing I love about the way the Sydney list is put together, and yes, they've got they've got their academy play, and you know Leon's yep. gone on board the academy bandwagon and just you know, <laughs> oh, here trying, we go. Trying here to we go. He'd want to keep churning the players out, though, wouldn't well, he? Okay. I mean, they've got some pressure. good players. What, out of what about Geelong? Last couple of nights, straight away, it's just a yeah. little shot across. Yeah, the no, bay, it is a shot across the But Kinnear Beatson, you'd actually say, I don't know whether you whether who's the best recruiter in picking top 10. But if you want to pick someone in the 30s and the 40s, Kinnear Beatson is the man to go to, isn't he? I mean, mm. Luke Parker's probably the, the poster boy for that. But Warner, what was he, 39? Yep. McInerney in the 30s? Yep. Um, Papley, rookie? Yeah, well, mm. Papi, Papley, rookie. rookie. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of those. If you go back, as, uh, you know, Robbie Fox is another mm-hmm. one in those. Uh, Pat, uh, McCartan, uh, Tom McCartan, I think it was like 32 or 33. Errol Goulden... Not not a not twenty pick either. So mm-hmm. like he has oh, so many of just and they are and they're not just good they're not just good pickups for a pick thirty. They are out and out. Yeah, good players. Yeah, good players. Yeah. 
So we always hear the story about the system, don't we? You know, the system up here, and you wonder, you know, it's a bit how much of it is mythology, but how much of it is you walk in and it you make it makes you a better player. Well, well, good people make good choices. That's well, that's true too. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you know, it works. Mm, uh, let's hope that sort of continues with the changes they've made to their staff, eh? Yeah, that's exactly well, you know, right. to start right, bringing some that. rat bags in. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's going to ruin the joint. Yeah, the, old no, <laughs> the, the old no DH policy. What's that? That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Speaking of Richard. Speaking of Richard. He's taking offence immediately. Not DH. DR. He's going to come in and join us. The pipe is going to be with us as we build up to uh, the opening bounce here between the Swans and the Magpies. Uh, plenty to discuss. More from last night and what is going to happen this afternoon. And it's all with thanks. Uh, well, it's all with thanks to Motorola, but uh, we've seen both the Swans and the Pies out there doing their warm-ups for Ream. Ask your plumber to install a Ream. Steady, hot and strong. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from Motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from Motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. Welcome back to AFL Nation here at the SCG. Clock ticking down to the start of this preliminary final. One of the most anticipated games of this final series, series, Collingwood, coming up to Sydney to take on the Swans. For Motorola, the new Motorola Edge series coming soon. Visit motorola.com.au. Hudson and Cameron out. Russell in. Dwayne, lovely to see you. Don't know if it's a great replacement, really, when <laughs> you think of it. things uh, deeply, but uh, I tell you, how good is the flavour here at the SCG, for yeah, starters? Yeah. The outside, if this place, if some of the grandstands were updated and you could have 75,000 here, it's just a beautiful place when it comes to the flavour that it brings to footy, because it's unique. I mean, some of the grandstands are that old. I think the carpet's still, the Bradman spilled his gin and tonic on <laughs> so they've still got it there. But if they ever did it up and made it completely rejigged, it'd be fantastic if they could hold some big finals here with 75,000 because the Swans are getting bigger and bigger by the minute. They are, and it's a, as it sits right now, it's a fantastic blend of the old and the new, as you've mentioned, and it's going to be a fantastic stage for what these two hopefully are going to dish up um, this afternoon. We haven't really spent much time talking about last night. Kick it off for us, Dwayne. Um, I'll get your thoughts as well, Sando, uh, specifically afterwards. But it, it was the disappointment of the final series so far. W- w- why? Why, why well, did th- it not pan out to be the game that we hoped it might have been? I think Geelong are their best, and they were brutally ruthless last night, right from the opening bounce. Uh, they had a fearless attack on the ball where they weren't thinking about next week and protecting themselves. I didn't like the way Port Adelaide went about it about a couple of prelims ago yeah. where they just didn't look like they had that attack on the ball that the Cats had last night. And I don't, I don't really think that, you know, when you look at them person for person, they've got so many people that I think are, are better than the guy that they were playing on, one-on-one Sando. So when you look at it, you know, Hipwood, is he as good as who he was playing on? Is Harris Andrews as good as Tom Hawkins? You look at the matchups one-on-one, you'd think that Geelong... You know, Dangerfield, who stands on him. I mean, there wasn't many Brisbane lines where you'd say, okay, in that one-on-one, I'd back Lockie Neal, for example. Mm. I think Geelong had the ascendancy. So it wasn't a surprise to me that it unfolded the way it did in the end. No, and it was a fantastic game in the sense that 
Geelong took it up defensively with their intensity when they needed to. That's, I think, what would impress Chris Scott the most. I mean, obviously, the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, his scores are pretty even and it's a lot of stoppages. But then all of a sudden, they created that goal uh, from, a, from a tackle from Stengel in the forward pocket, which, um, you know, Geelong have done so well this year. Their tackle intensity, their defensive shape, their scheme, um, that's what sort of almost took over the game. And then we saw Hawkins start to get on top of Andrews. He finished with four goals, three. I, I love their back six, the way that they set up structurally. They always play with that seventh defender in there, the way that they, they, they bring... Well, last night they brought um, Reece Stanley back from the ruck. Blitzavs takes the ruck work. Uh, Reece Stanley comes back and plays on um, Danaher and then frees up Tom Stewart. Uh, and it's impossible to get past Tom Stewart, it feels like. But they're just really well balanced. The forward line looks dangerous. They've got weapons through the midfield as well. Um, they're going to be really hard to beat uh, next week, no matter what. Whoever obviously wins today is going to be a fantastic challenger. But, gee, they're, they're in a really good spot, aren't they, Dwayne? The Cats, they're, um, they're, they're so well balanced across the field. And Chris Scott, 500 games last night as a player and a coach is an incredible achievement. And Joel um, Selwood breaks the finals record next week as well, which is finals. phenomenal. Yeah, incredible. Can, you, can you imagine? It's, it's, fin- it's, it's a career. Two, it's two, for two full people. seasons yeah. no, it's of man. finals, you know. That's right. It's, it's unbelievable. That's why he's one of the all-time... I mean, we talk about Tucky being an all-time great. Silwood, what we saw last night is probably why opposition fans don't like him because he was getting yappy. But it, it, it's life and death for Joel. Yeah. You like that when it comes to your captain going about it that way. No doubt you do. There's some other questions and uh, some quick thoughts on Brisbane I'll get from you. On the other side of this, he'll be a happy man, the man delivering us the odds update. Thanks to Sportsbet. Let's find out what the market is looking like. With you, Josh Jenkins, how are you, mate? Well done last night. I'm good, boys. I'm good, boys. But let's find out who we're going to play against, today. Hey? Collingwood and the Swanee. This is going to be a beauty. So what's it looking like? Uh, the Swans are going to go in raging favourites, probably... The markets, uh, there's a huge discrepancy. I think this game will be a lot closer. Sydney $1.39, Collingwood $2.93. The line even is 17.5 points. Collingwood never playing games with a three-goal margin. So you'd imagine Collingwood uh, will be popular at the plus 17.5. Total points over under 162.5. So uh, it's expected to be low scoring. Uh, The weather in Sydney is looking good this afternoon. But the market thinks uh, the Swannies are going to win this game by about three goals. They did win last time by 27 points. They've won eight in a row. But I think this game's going to be a lot closer. And you're uniquely well-placed to give the odds on this one. The odds of Max Holmes playing next week. Mm. Um, 50-50. How about that, Dwayne? Does that sound all right to you? <laughs> that uh, sounds pretty good. We've got a quick same-game uh, multi before we uh, sign off. Sydney to win. And Chad Warner to bounce back. He was quiet in the first final. He'll get busy today, 20-plus disposals. And Tom Papley, the best celebrator in footy, he'll kick two or more goals. Put those three together, three bucks. That'll do, mate. Uh, Enjoy the rest. Enjoy watching this one. I'm sure you'll be hoping they beat the living suitcases out of one another and uh, enjoy the lead-up to what's going to be a huge week for you and everybody involved in your footy club. Josh Jenkins at Sportsbet. All thanks to Sportsbet Gamble responsibly, one 800 858858. Just on Brisbane, we, we're hearing stories about you know Marcus Ashcross kid. He's declared that he's going to be father son. We've seen what Nick Dacos has been able to do. Um, we've seen what Nick Dacos has been able to do at Collingwood. It'll be fascinating to see whether or not Marcus Ashcroft at Brisbane can have that sort of impact mm. when he joins the Lions. Just another day at the footy. Hutto's lost his phone. <laughs>
Take me more after this. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from Motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from Motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. Had a big welcome if you're joining us for the first time to the SCG. Ever so slightly overcast, but it really is picture-perfect conditions as fans from both Sydney and Collingwood make their way in on this gloriously warm afternoon in the early 20s in the Harbour City. There is some breeze, but it's blowing across the ground as the Swans go through their serious pre-match warm-ups. And we get ever closer to the bounce of the ball, which doesn't feel too far away. Brenton Sanderson... Uh, you can feel that atmosphere, that tension that hangs over every preliminary final right now. Yeah, spot on, Hutto. And I mentioned it before when we were talking with Dean Cox and Graham Wright there. You have to somehow focus the players on the task at hand. Uh, the, 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 these games obviously get you into a grand final, but as young men and sometimes even the staff and the coaches, you can sometimes get carried away by looking forward. The, the grand final is only seven days away, but you need to perform well today. You need to play really well as a team. Uh, and most of all, the winner has to make sure they get in really good habits leading into a grand final as well. So on paper, this looks like an absolute classic. When you look at the way that these two teams uh, match up, uh, they played each other as recently as round 22, um, and the Swans were really effective that day. But they're even talking to Graham Wright earlier, Collingwood had some excuses that day. They lost to Goey pre-game. Um, they lost Ginnivan in-game, um, and they got... They got really beaten up around the contest. They got smashed in clearances, badly beaten in contested ball. Um, so I think they would have learnt a lot from that uh, and obviously take that into today. But yeah, on, on paper, Hutto, this looks like it could be an absolute classic. And Jared Waitley, after taking care of crunch time earlier this afternoon, has just been, uh, well, he's been controlling matters down around the, the Fox Studios and the cafe strip and the pubs down there. Uh, nice to have you with us again, Jay? I know it has such strong... We'll just ask Leon to block his ears in the back. It has such strong reminiscence of 2016 and the preliminary final build-up where Bulldogs fans had descended in such a way upon the ground, they, they seemed to almost take it over. And it's still, I think, the best game I've ever had the privilege of calling. And there is an air around the stadium of, of exactly that. And even to the fact when the Swans ran out onto the ground a few minutes ago, there was a, a round Collingwood boo for them to mm. greet them. And this is, this is such a sanctuary for the Swans. Uh, that will have been an unusual moment in the history of the ground. It, it will be. And it will be actually really interesting to, to get a sense of how significant that that uh, Magpie support is, won't it, once the game starts? What percentage and how loud and committed they'll be as the, as the, in the natural flow of the game? And I think that's one of the realisations of the Magpie Army throughout the year is they are a real and tangible mm. force in the environment of their games. And the team has made them feel like they have been critical to it when it's been all on the line late in the piece. So I think connecting 
your people to your team in such a way is worth something today. This is not going to be a hostile environment for Collingwood. And if the Swans fans aren't alert to it, it might be a very welcoming environment to the Travellers. And that's and every ground has its character, don't they, as we go around the country and the fans do. And in some ways, it's it's a different feel to the crowd at the SCG. And they, they make the noise with the boundary umpires. They throw it back into play. And they were the first to embrace three-quarter time sing-along with Sweet Caroline, but they also seriously love their footy and they love their swans, but you're, you're right, I think. That's, if, if the Collingwood fans um, and the Pies kick a couple of goals earlier, the swans fans will need to respond to that, Sander. Yeah, and I think Collingwood have always had the ability to thrive in, number one, being the underdog, but also, to they love these challenges on the road. They've been fantastic in these sort of situations where it feels like it's us versus them, and they'll create that sort of atmosphere but it's sort of building now and you know we just talked about being outside the stadium and now when you're actually inside the stadium and you look around you could almost say it's probably 60 40 in the swans um favor at the moment when you look at the red and white versus the black and white in the stands but there will be an incredible roar here it's it's an it's it's an amazing stadium um and you've both i've spoken to you both about times when you've been here and felt the stadium almost shake um at pivotal times in game so I think we're set today, and for the for the listeners at home, um, you you should be able to feel the energy coming coming through the core because it's an incredible place to watch and be involved in sport. You played your last game here, did you not? Well, I did, Hutto. Just looking down in front of us now, this is where Nick Davis uh, kicked his uh, fourth and final goal with 13 seconds to go in 2005. Why didn't you man him up? Well, uh, I get asked that question a lot. He wasn't my opponent, but um, Hutto, but... However, I had the experience. I should have, I should have um, uh, handled that situation much better than what I did. And great call too, by the way. That's quite legendary uh, as well. Your your call of that last 13 seconds was brilliant. It was a, an amazing night, and and we've also been lucky enough too, to to call cricket here. And um, so the, the sporting and Dwayne made the line about the, the Don's uh, G and T, yes. and it's it's a good line, isn't it? Because the, it, it's probably one now that the I mean the MCG is is really not what it used to be it's it's magnificent but it's 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 lost most of those they've they've retained a lot of the character but it's a different place to what it used to be but here there are still some of those old stands as as archaic as some of as it is it's majestic but it is in severe need of a Mm. facelift and even just driving past the new stadium that has opened next door is this uh this will look a bit clapped out pretty quickly by comparison to that and particularly when you've got fans who are regulars at both venues. So when you've got your rugby league fans who come in here for the cricket, I think there'll be a... It it won't be many years before there's a real demand to get it started. And there's such possibilities at the ground. You don't have to lose the... Um, what, what has made it so charming, but the Bill O'Reilly stand should be twice the size yes. that it is. And where we sit on the opposite side of the ground is this needs at least a refurbishment. Well, it's needed. I've been calling here for 20 years or more, and it needed that when I first yeah. got here. So it was sort of like Princess Park, <laughs> and they haven't called there for they haven't called there for 20 years. So uh, back onto the field and grand finals, more so than preliminary finals, is about stories, individual stories as well. But you know, ask that question about how, how quickly Sydney's come together to become a, a premiership threat. And obviously, maybe other than, than Nathan and his predictions at the start of the year, no one really in their right mind had Collingwood where they are now and certainly to have done what they've done. What, what about some of the individual stories? You know, from, you've got Scott Penderbury, who probably would have been thinking it was unlikely he was going to 
be threatening to play in a grand final again, Sando. Uh, and then at the other end, Nick Dacos comes in in his first year and looks like he's played 150 games already. And then there's pretty much everything in between all of that, isn't there? Yeah, they've, they've been amazing this year, Collingwood, I think, of, of building um, this sense of belief that they are capable of anything. And I, I've, I've spoken earlier in the week about, say, for example, three-quarter time today, and we're obviously going to be on the edge of our seat no matter what the score is. Since round 16, the Co- Collingwood have won six of seven matches in which they've trailed at three-quarter time. So even when they feels like they're completely out of it and we, and we probably feel like they're going to get beaten, Collingwood have, f- have found a way to win so many games this year. Um, it's been incredible. And what about the Swans' belief? Like, they've, they've won the last quarter 18 times this year. Mm-hmm. So they've just got the ability to be able to put the foot down when it really matters, which... Uh, they did that against Melbourne two weeks ago. The ability to be able to, when it really mattered, put the foot down and have a fantastic final quarter. So um, you're right about Collingwood, though. When you look at the top and you look at you know Pendlebury and the experience of Pendlebury and Howe and Sidebottom, they would so much uh, love this young group to come in and, um, and almost snatch a premiership because that's what it would feel like. Mm. That, um, and that's what Hawthorne did in 2008 when you had a young group coming through with a great blend of, of senior players and... Um, um, and obviously a coaching group this year which has been instrumental in building that belief. Um, and I just think they're capable of anything. I've, I've actually got them winning today by a point only because um, I actually think from an analysis point of view the Swans should win but there's a, almost a gut feel and I don't even know what to call it or where it comes from but I just feel like Collingwood have the potential today to just snatch victory from the Swans regardless of how the game's played. This is this is the worst clearance and stoppage side of 2022 across the whole competition, yet they're in a prelim final, Collingwood. They're, they're actually not great around contest and clearance, um, but they just find a way to win. And a lot of that is what you said before, um, Hutto. They've found this young man in Nick Dacos. Well, they haven't found him. He, we've known about him for a very long time. He's exceeded expectations enormously. I actually felt his first half of the year was very good, but it's just improvement since the since the buy has been phenomenal I was calling a game with Bucks and a passage of play I just, I just held my bit my tongue but I was, like, I was going to say you, you, you should have just hung on Bucks yeah. because he could, he's that much of an influence you can see he's, he's going to have just, just quick pen picks I guess of, of the players Lipinski hasn't missed a game leads the Pies in score involvements and goal assists what a terrific! I and mean, he was there for all to see that he was yep. he, he was clearly an AFL player not getting a game wasn't he at the Bulldogs yeah, um, yeah, he's he's been great. He actually reminds me of Jack Chris. When you see them both out there at the same time, and you probably would see it calling the game, they look similar. It's almost like they, they really work well together. Um, they both play that sort of high half forward midfield type role really well. Um, but yeah, he's he looks like a Collingwood player. Jordan Dugowie, you know, we knew middle of the year it looked like he he was gone and going to play for another club and would at the best see out the year, but. He has looked made for finals, as someone else, Kane, it was who might have mentioned it during the call a couple of weeks ago. And now, now the pressure is on Collingwood to be able to, to keep him. Isaac Quainer pick 13, and again, no one doubted his talent, but he had injury issues along the way. But he cemented himself over the last two seasons, just missed a couple of games. Jamie Elliott's single-handedly got them here to some degree in, in pressure moments. He missed two full seasons in 2016 and 2018, so wasn't part of that grand final that came so close in 2018. Josh Dacos has come along for the ride with his brother and that's saying with all respect he's made the All-Australian squad, he's, he's made the wing his own, he had 29 
disposals and a goal against the Cats a couple of weeks ago. Trent Bianco's just hanging on to that spot. He's pre- been the beneficiary of the injury to, to Taylor Adams. John Noble, what a story he's been. Um, he, he, working in tandem really with Nick Dacos off half-back, has, 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 again, he's been a, probably the great success story of the mid-season drafts. From, from over the years, and there's been plenty of those. Pendles, we've mentioned. Darcy Cameron, yep. Swans let him go, and yeah. it was always a bit curious. They didn't really give him a chance, did they? No. No, it's interesting. And then even this year, he started the year as probably Collingwood's third or fourth, you know, ruck player on their depth chart, but he's been quickly elevated to number one. And he'll go, um, he'll work in tandem today with Mason Cox against Hickey, which is going to be fascinating as well, because Hickey did really well in round 22, he was really brave. They double-teamed him with those two guys. but To the point, though, where they're prepared to, l- to lose Grundy as, as part of the way they're right. reshaping their future. But even, but even Mason Cox as well. Hutto, what yeah. an incredible story. Like, he always thought he was gone at the end of last year. Um, and he's just reinvented himself this year. He's been... And he got, got away to a really slow start as well. Play, played round one and then was out of the side. Grundy gets injured. He's back in and he's made the most of his opportunities. Still sideboarding. We've mentioned he's been a real role player on the wing. Nathan Murphy's been a huge bonus for them. Came into the side in round 10. The week Collingwood streak of 11 wins began. He's an under-16 junior cricketer for, for Australia. Chose footy, pick 39. He's just fitted in beautifully, hasn't he? Alongside Darcy Moore and, uh, and Jeremy Howe. I mean, yeah. it's, their success really is built on their defence, isn't it? Uh, what that six or seven give them back there, led by Darcy Moore, who loose at times, but he's and you can hear in, in the conversations you've had with, uh, with Bucks, it's obviously been a frustration at times in the past, but... Uh, probably after that, when he got towed up in the first half by Tom Lynch, probably the message just seemed to have got through that he knows a little bit better. And he, he just he was just too good for Tom Hawkins just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and he, he's really important, obviously. I, I think he's uh, Collingwood's most important player. Um, I said to Jared this week, I think this will sound crazy to the listeners, but there's probably going to be a time today where John Longmire will ask Buddy Franklin, who's kicked over 1,000 goals in his career, to go and play a defensive forward role on Darcy Moore. Now, that sounds crazy, but I think if you can shut Moore's influence um, from intercepting across half-back, um, and Buddy might be the right person to do it, which will then sort of freeze up a little bit um, uh, Sam Reed and Heaney and Papley and those, those other forwards for the Swans to really get busy on, on guys like Murphy and Howell and Quainer and Noble. So um, that's going to be a fascinating match-up today. If we get it, Moore v... Um, Franklin, I was a bit confused a few times last week with a couple of Collingwood's decisions and how they matched up against Fremantle yes. defensively. But, um, yeah, I, I, you'd have to expect that Moore would go straight to Buddy Franklin in this game. And then McCreary, pick 44, his tackle pressure. We know all about uh, Jack Ginevan and uh, kicked three goals on seven or more, uh, three goals or more seven times this season. Brandon Maynard, to the extent that he's All-Australian. How is uh, 100 games with Melbourne and 118 games of almost all of them in defence and superb interceptor and beautiful kick of the football. Ash Johnson, you touched on earlier, just, he's just such a great size, isn't he? 193 yeah. centimetres and someone mentioned that he looks like a giant Luke Ball. He, he has a little yeah. bit of a, a, just facially about his look, but uh, a bit quieter last week, so it'll be interesting to see that was goalless for the first time in his young career. Brody Majek is not... He's, he's still been their, their number one key forward, but he probably hasn't quite been at the level we've seen in the past. I think he's got a few... Injuries. Yeah, he gets he, he gets banged up. He plays he plays forward like a midfielder would play forward. He's he's not afraid of a contest. Um, uh, incredible competitor. At most clubs would be their third choice key forward, but at Collingwood he's had that role as the number one target inside forward fifty for for the last three or four seasons. So 
Um, yeah, he's obviously always a lot of pressure on him, but he's had great support this year. There's been midfielders kicking goals, high half forwards kicking goals. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's not always relying now. And I think, Hutto, the key to that has been Jamie Elliott. He's had an incredible season. And when he's fit and he's playing, um, and you add Gidivit into that as well, there's, there's a lot more avenues to go now for Collingwood than what there has been in the past. We've just got a taste of the, what the Collingwood Army can do there, Jeff. They are a bit rude. As Callum Sinclair is trying to say goodbye, is <laughs> retiring from footy, and that was the cue for some of the Collingwood fans to try to drown him out. So no house matters, that's, which is probably to be expected. Typical yes, Collingwood, isn't yeah. it? Yep. Hey, before you leave us, Sando, could, could you give us a, a couple of your strategic thoughts for those who are about to listen who maybe weren't with us on Thursday? Yeah, well, I think the key for me, um, and we'll start with Collingwood, is... Um, the most important thing uh, for the Pies is to try and um, prevent those key forwards. Uh, I mentioned it before for the Swans. You've got to try and force the ball wide and slow. Sydney love coming through the corridor. Um, they play this ground so well. They're a two-and-a-half goal side better at the SCG than anywhere else. Um, you've got to try and restrict their marks inside forward 50. So to do that, you must force them wide and slow here at the SCG which is obviously really hard to do. They play the ground um, so well. What, what I would do today if I was Collingwood is after the ruck contest, after a stoppage, uh, if it's Mason Cox or Darcy Cameron, I would run that ruckman back and stand 30 metres from goal and pretty much don't move. Uh, so every time Sydney are running forward and looking forward, they look up and they see a big ruckman sitting in that hole, I guess, in the forward line. So I think that's what um, Collingwood have to try and do today uh, is prevent Sydney from going fast. Um, and I think when they get the ball, Collingwood, they've got to look for opportunities to, to either go fast from turnover, but any free kicks, any sort of stop plays, um, they can look to go try and go slow and sort of control the tempo. But um, the key is going to be, I guess, those, those forwards for me. Um, Franklin, um, Heaney, Sam Reid, Papley, uh, they, they played really well uh, in round 22, um, so Collingwood needs to make sure that they, they get that um, under, under control today. The game plan for Sydney... Um, is a little bit different. They've got to stop Collingwood from marking the footy. The magic number, um, and it worked really well for them last time, is 80 marks in the game. If Sydney can restrict Collingwood to 80 marks or less, I think they win. Um, and what they did really well last time was they, they actually beat them up around the ball with contested footy. Um, Hutto mentioned it. For whatever reason, Collingwood haven't won games this year when a key forward has bobbed up and kicked goals. So what the Swans forward line has to do today is work really well in isolation. They need to separate uh, Collingwood's defenders. So we talked about Howe, Murphy and Moore. They need to try and get them in as many 1v1 contests as they can. If they all come together, the Swans forwards, it's going to be really easy for Collingwood to defend them. But I think this game will be won and um, I'm sure Leon will agree later is going to be the tackle pressure. Um, Swans to our, Swans in round 22 won tackles by, uh, by 20. Um, Collingwood need to dial that up today and they have in the first couple of finals that they've played. So It'll be all, all be around pressure and trying to create turnovers in um, you know, pivotal parts of the ground where they can go back and score from turnover. But there's so much to look forward to. I could spend hours and hours talking <laughs> yeah. about this game. Um, but I think for me, the interesting one will be the Franklin-Moore matchup. That's, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, great thoughts, Sando. And you're just using football intuition to, to land with Collingwood. Yeah, I... I after all of that, I think I think all, all the analysis I've done this week, Jared, points to a Swans victory, but I have this gut feel, yep. I have this feeling, which you get in footy, um, that the Pies will find a way to win tonight by less than a goal. I think I think one point, Hunter. If either team was going to fall in a screaming heap, which would it be? Do you think who could who could pull who apart? 
Um, well, if, you, if you're going to say this game could blow out... I hope I, it doesn't. ...which I think would be the Swans. I think the Swans would find a way to get on top here and, and crush uh, the Pies. But we haven't seen that this year from Collingwood. We haven't seen it at all. They've been excellent um, defensively and they've had that incredible belief that they're never out of a game. So uh, you, you, you should have a fantastic time calling this game today because you'll never feel like Collingwood will be out of it if the Swans hit the front. Have a great call. We'll uh, see you at the Jared. airport you in the too. aftermath. Can't wait. Brenton Sanderson with us at the SCG. AFL Nation for Motorola. Shoot sharp with the 200 megapixel Motorola Edge. 30 Ultra. When last they met, it was the Swans by 27 points, 11-11-77 to Collingwood 7-8-50. That was round 22 at this ground, so it is recent form. This is the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, $25,000 advertising giveaway, iCanWin.com.au. Leon Cameron is about to take his chair, and we will settle right in on the preview, the formalities to be observed. It is a building scene here at the SCG. It's been lovely blue skies for most of the day. There's some late cloud cover as we reach the twilight, but there is a palpable sense of expectation around the Harbour City and around this majestic old venue. Our travel partner is Melbourne Airport Parking. Nothing beats $12 a day parking at Melbourne Airport. The second preliminary final for the right to face Geelong in the 2022 decider next Saturday at the MCG. Coming up next on AFL Nation, the Sydney Swans and Collingwood from the SCG. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Motorola. Check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. Hello, Moto. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.